Glad to be with you tonight, as we always are, every Thursday night at 6.06 p.m. right here on TantalkNetwork.com. And we are live on Facebook, uh, on your page, my page, and Betty's page tonight. Yes, we are. Why would that be? Well, because somebody forgot her password to her Facebook account. And then you asked me, and I forgot mine. Mm-hmm. So uh, We're we, starting off so great really and strong. Really good, really good. But we're on Betty's page, and then we are both on ours, too. So The Value of Truth. We're starting a new series tonight as we start 2021, because we had a rerun last week. And I tell you what, Dr. Angel, I'm excited about this series, because I don't know when there's been... A bigger need for truth than in 2021. Absolutely. I agree with you very much. So I think um, there's definitely a need for truth. And, you know, so often uh, we as have children, we've raised kids, you, me, <coughs> grandkids for me, not you yet. But as I, you know, it's important that we teach our kids to tell the truth, right? Absolutely. And I can remember different times with some of mine when they would not tell the truth about an incident. No, I didn't start the fight or whatever. And yeah, you did, you know, whatever. And it was something that as a parent, I took very seriously. I did too. Teaching my kids that, and one of my children was not really good about uh, being able to tell a lie without a, with a straight face, you know? It always kind of a little giggle came out or something, mm-hmm. you know, that like that little smirk, like I pulled one off on mom. And I think that setting aside children, adults do things like this. All the time. <laughs> now, you are a therapist. You've been in private practice almost two years yes, with, a be very, with a huge client base now and taking on uh, other people helping you in the office now. Things yes. are growing and expanding. You're going to hear Dr. Angel's commercial that Tommy wrote and put together for her at the, at the half, at the break. And then you'll get all her information if you want to call for an appointment. But <clears throat> your goal in therapy is not to talk people into a lie about themselves, is it? Not at all. In fact, therapy has to be based in the truth or we're not doing anything. And I tell everybody there's no secrets and there's no lies in the counseling room. Okay. And if there are, there's no reason to be there. Why is that so important? Because we can't do anything real in secrets and lies. And I believe that as a pastor, which that's my real job, and real estate too. In real estate, we take an oath. You know, it's it's not an oath, I guess. It's a code of ethics that we have to maintain and sign and renew every year and a half or two years and all that stuff. Uh, but it's extremely important in real estate that we tell the truth. If we hide a fact about a house that we know, like if somebody says, has there been a sinkhole in this house and we know there was, and we say, nah, I don't think so, you know? Uh, we don't say like, well, no, absolutely not. If we just say, eh, I don't think so. No, not really. Nah. That's called a half truth, right? Or that's called a lie. Yeah, well, that's called a lie. There's that's really called- no such thing as a half truth. <laughs> that's like being half pregnant. <laughs> oh, yeah. Every time I was pregnant, I was really pregnant. Yeah, not half pregnant anytime. Yeah. No, no. Good point. So why people who say that's a white lie. Oh, I hear that all the time. And, you know, when people have... Um, you know, we have degrees of lies. We have colors. We have degrees. Really, and, and we justify them based on that. Oh, okay. So if it's a white lie, it's like that's eh, not, not a big deal. Sure, not a big deal. I and most people don't even feel guilty at all about those. I believe that is a cultural phenomenon now that was not when I was coming up. Absolutely, being raised. I agree with you on that. Yeah, it, it, but now it seems like white lies are just like, eh. Sure. 
no big deal. You know, and, and you, you know, the proverbial example of the white lies, you know, your friend, oh, do I look fat in this outfit? Oh, no, of course not when she probably does. Like, that's where a lot of people start the proverbial white light. But honestly, if somebody's really asking your feedback, you need to be honest. We can give it gently, but right. a white light is still a lie. What do you say to your kid? Did you uh, take the keys to the car and take the car out? I wouldn't take your keys. Right? Yes. Which is not saying, no, I didn't take the car out. I just, I just wouldn't take your keys. I'll tell you. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah, I do know what you're yeah. saying. They, they, they can dance around without answering it. They'll answer a question with a question. They'll throw you in a different direction. And as a parent, when my children got caught in a lie, not only were they punished for whatever it was, it was times seven if they lied about it. Oh, I did mama. not play with lying. Wow. It is probably my biggest pet peeve there is, is being lied to. One of my children in her early um, teen years, um, one night I suspected someone was in her bedroom, and I went to the door and turned it, and it wouldn't. It was locked, and no response, like she was asleep, right? And she had locked her door. Next day, I said, "You know, was somebody here last night? Did somebody come in that window? Do you see anybody?" <laughs> Later, found out, of course, there had been somebody there. Wow. Right? Sure. So people, they are so good at lying, I think, in this day and age. Oh, very, very good. What makes them so good? Why? And and what's the motivation behind lying instead of just simply telling the truth? Yes, I did that. Or yes, that's how, what's going on? What, what's well, I, There's not a single motivation for lying, first of all. It can be a lot of motivations okay, for lying. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and I think the reason we're seeing more and more of this cultural lie and acceptance is because it's becoming the norm. Yeah. Uh, we're hearing, you know, parents start out when, you know, they lie about their kids' age to get them on the kids' menu or into Disney, at a, you know, for oh, the cheaper right. price, yes. right? Or like, on an airplane. Oh, yeah, 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 they're really like eight, and, you know, they're like 12, you know, and their right. kid's like, no, mom, I'm not, you know, like, hush, you know. Right. But, we, you know, so that's the authority showing our kids it's okay to lie in certain circumstances Ooh, when it's to yes. your benefit, yes. when it's to save money. Right, or, yes. And it's not. It, no. That is a horrible example we set for kids. Absolutely. Right. Um, and I think liars, uh, I mean, general people that lie, most people, I think they think that they're smarter than everybody else who's receiving the lie. They do. I, they you really know what I'm do. trying to because say? Because if I they mean, didn't think, I mean, if they thought everyone could see through it, they probably wouldn't do it. Right. They think they're tricking people. They think right. it's like they are above other people or they have more information or they can dupe other people. Right. Yes. Right. Um, we're going to talk about some of the other things that people do as far as the lying situation. But why would we be doing a show or a series? I don't know if it's going to be a series or a show, but about this concept of lying and telling the truth what well first of all i think it's a huge i really feel it's a foundational issue i think it's a prevalent problem i see it all the time i experience it all the time I experience the backflash of it all the time in the counseling room but it is a foundational issue that we can't have if we don't have truth we really can't have trust we really can't have quality relationships we you know because truth is a foundation to trust right right and in a relationship where somebody is not just lying, but living a d double standard or a different life on the side or hiding money or not going to work for weeks on end or, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that happens in relationships and they get by with it by just twisting things or, oh, no, you're, no, you're seeing that wrong. No, why don't you trust me? That whole concept. Sure. I, you, I know you mentioned it earlier, but let's address that because a lot of liars, I think, are very good at trying to put that blame back on the person who's saying, mm, you know what? I smell a rat here. They call It's called blame shifting. And yes, they're very good at it. Um, that's kind of one of those ways to, you know, when you aren't telling the truth, when you're telling a lie, you can't keep the spotlight on yourself. So you shift it back to someone else. Right. So that, it, you know, it changes what they're looking at so that they can't see through to the lie. And so that's blame shifting. And that's one of the techniques that people who lie do a lot is no, you know, you know, 
what's wrong with you? I thought we were at a better, I thought you knew me better than that. I thought we were better, whatever, yeah. you know. Oh, golly, you've hurt me so much. I can't even deal with how you've hurt me. You know, exactly. you just really wrecked my day and how, my week. How dare you accuse how me of. How dare you, you know. Well, this, this, and this. Oh, my gosh, you're just always looking for the worst thing about me, you know, right? Yes. You know, and it's funny, too, because even when people do lie and you you know, you start to call it out or question, they have to keep rolling in those lies. They have to keep adding them up to kind of keep their position. And when they get backed into a corner, they just get angry most of the time. Oh, they yeah. just come out really angry. Yeah. And when you ask them, if you do, and some people listening to this show tonight maybe have been in situations like this, why did you lie to me? Why didn't you just tell me the truth? So that goes back to... What you used to tell your kids about what was going to happen if they lied. Yes. So go ahead with that again. Tell the audience one more time what happened to your three sons <laughs> when they did something they shouldn't have, but yet they lied about it. When they lied about it, they got the punishment they would have had for whatever it was they did wrong, and I multiplied it times seven. So if they did something wrong and I would have granted them for a week, they would have been granted for seven weeks. Wow. Yes. And, and and they learned to tell me the truth very quickly, and they learned I I can take anything in truth, but I can't I can't deal with lies. Like there's no trust in lies, and once you break trust, it's very hard to rebuild. And we've talked about trust a lot in these seven years on the on the air, and trust is one of the most basic fundamental things that makes any kind of relationship friends, coworkers, married, coworkers, yep. uh, partners, marriage partners, whatever. It makes it solid, yes. right? Sure, yeah. Because if you have that erosion of truth, that's really a good phrase, isn't it? I'm gonna I write really that do down. like that. The erosion of truth. You know, um, recently, in the front of my house, I've got these two palms at the end of the driveway, and the guy that helps me with the yard said, let's take out those bushes around there because they're all dead, and let's put some mulch in there and, you know, make it look better, T tidy it up. So he got as far as getting all the dead stuff out. And then this has been a few months ago when it was raining a lot. And he said, I'll get back to it in a few days. Well, in the meantime, it rained so much that the sand and dirt around that palm went out into the street everywhere. Right? Yep. It was an erosion mm -hmm. of sand and dirt, and it was everywhere. Metaphor here. A very good one. And by the time he got back to fix it, he had to get a shovel and clean up the street to put that before he could put the mulch. He had to clean up because he just didn't take a few extra minutes to do that. Wow. Metaphor. It is a great metaphor. And that's Truth, exactly. Too. It's a true statement. It yes. happened. It's a great metaphor for it, but that you're right. When we have those lies, those little white lies, those they erode the the trust in mm -hmm. them, those relationships. And the thing is, you might get away with it here and there, but a lot of times people they see it, they know it, and they may or may not even confront it. And you're eroding relationships that you that don't, you don't realize. Even know. For the first day or so after that happened, it hadn't rained, so it looked okay. And right. I thought, no, oh, I hope he gets back today. Then the next day went by, and then the rain started, and then it was all over the street. And so by then, you got to clean up your mess. So let's use that metaphor. Eventually got straightened out sure. because he did come and clean it up and say, I should have done this. But how much more work was it to straighten it, it up? It was a lot more work because he had to get a shovel to the yes. street. Right? Sure. And get all that back where it belonged. And he probably wasn't able to get all that dirt back. No, that he wasn't. Was there. So, no. you know, and that's kind of what happens when with a lie, when we have that lie in our relationship. And, and even when we want to try and fix it and make it right, that lie is always going to, you know, it's still there. We can't, we can't take it all the way back because it's, we well, can't. Well, once somebody has lied to you in a significant relationship, Right. Mm -hmm. It erodes, as we just said, use that word, but it really it really works at the basis of the relationship. Right? It sure does. I mean, you and I are friends, co-workers, but we're friends. And if you lied to me, I think I'd know it. I could probably tell you would be the same. Right. Sure. And it would like, eh, why'd she do that? She could have just told me the truth. Exactly. You know, 
Right. And you think less of that person. You don't trust that person. Anytime the person says something, you're questioning, is that truth? Is that, you know, and, and it does. It, it starts to wear down and erode those relationships. I propose to you that one of the reasons people do it is because they don't want that other person who's receiving the information to think bad of them. That is a good reason why some people do that. Right. Absolutely. Because they want people to always think good of them, to think that, you know, they're perfect or they're great or they're some superhuman. And so they're trying to, you know, keep people keep people from thinking negatively of them. Right. So what's your advice to any listeners out there that go, uh, I do that. I get myself involved. I'm not saying I do. I'm saying a listener, because <laughs> I, I don't. I, I Have I ever made that mistake ever and not told the whole truth? Yes. I will t- tell you that. Yes. And and it has caused problems, right? This is sure. many, many years ago sure. when I was a lot younger. But not telling the whole truth Cause people to assume something that really wasn't the case. Sure. Do you know what I'm saying? It's hard to explain that. No, no, no. It makes, you know, it makes sense. Um, And, you know, bringing in not telling the whole truth also is we have, we do have rights to privacy and we do not owe everybody all this information. Right. Exactly. So we don't necessarily have to always go into all the details about what that situation was. So when we're talking about, you know, you know, walking in truth, the value of truth, it doesn't mean that we tell everybody every bit of truth there is. Like, Why not? That, because Why not? that's not safe and that's not okay. <laughs> that's right. Like, that's not emotionally or physically safe. Like, well, you got to be wise. We have to be wise with that. Not everybody it, can have that truth. Um, and they can do bad things with that truth. And so we have to be careful with that. Right. But what we do say needs to be in truth. Okay. Or we could actually say if somebody asks you something and you don't want to go into the details, you say, okay, that's complicated. I really don't want to talk about that right now. Sure. Right? Sure. That's a way out. That is a way out without telling a lie. Without telling a lie. But here's the thing. I, You know, in, we talked about those white lies. We talked about those, I guess, what people would call small lies. Um, you know, oh, they're late to something and they made up an excuse. Oh, well, my kid was sick and they threw up and it made me like, no, they just left their house late. Like, they do it so much that I don't even realize, think they realize they're doing it. And I do believe it's extremely common. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, what are they going to say? Oh, I woke up late and left my house late. Like, that makes them look bad, right? Like right. you said, they want people to think they look good. So, oh, well, if my kid was sick, then you're going to feel a little sorry for me, and that's a little more excusable. So you'd call that like a white lie, right? I would call that probably what people would think is a white I mean, it started way back, you know, oh, the dog ate my homework, right? Like, Oh, yeah. kids. Oh, kids are pros at this. <laughs> They're very good I at mean, it. I mean, I remember my kids, you know, saying, oh, yeah, I did it. Yeah, my homework, yeah, it's done, you know. Um, and it wasn't done. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yes. I had a child when he was in middle school. Um, one of your own children? One of my very own, my middle one, my favorite middle one. Um, middle school, they had these planners, and they had to bring them home every night and get them signed by the parent and bring it back in. And they had to write their homework. Well, he forgot to bring his planner home. But they had to get they had to show it was signed every day. Well, he decided to sign mommy's signature. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he got caught. And that was a lie. And he did end up with a very severe punishment for forging mommy's signature sure. on a planner that was no big deal to bring home because there wasn't anything bad in it. Mm-hmm. He just didn't do it. And so he learned very quickly that was not going to be OK. Right. Yeah, but you're right. Kids are very, very good at it. But I think a lot of that happens because they are watching their parents and they're the grownups around them doing that. I, I agree. And I want to throw a term out to you that politically has been a hot term for the ba- past several years. Alternative facts. Yeah, we do hear that a lot on the news. <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? Uh, wow, alternative facts. I mean, I think that's just kind of another term for, I mean, lying. lying. I mean, <laughs> sure. Right. Sure. Right. If we throw the word facts in it, it makes it sound a little more pretty, I think, but right. or a little more truthful. But a fact is a fact. It's something you can prove. Uh, right. But I think it's been used a lot to say, no, this is what we would like to think is what happened but this happened, but we can't talk about this. So we'll go back to this and say, 
yeah, it's different than what you thought, you know. Or it, it's kind of you know, you know, I envision in my head is almost the Wizard Oz moment with this alternative <laughs> facts. Like, look, don't look behind the man behind the curtain, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, let's keep the focus over there where I look, you know, amazing and mystical and powerful. I can't let you see what's you know this alternative facts that I'm really just manipulating right. machinery over here. And we're not talking politically. We're just talking about human nature in sure. general that has a tendency to want people to feel uh, that they are always telling the truth and always above board and always forthcoming and all that stuff, right? Sure. But not necessarily the case. Um, Why is lying so convenient? Oh, I think it's convenient. Um, I think because people, it gets them out of trouble. I think it's, or there's a lot of things. I think it's keeping people from some negative consequences in the moment. Right. You know, and they're thinking about this moment instead of the bigger picture of what this lie is really destroying. So I want to go back to your practice again. So you set this up as, and, and me as a pastor, people have to tell me the truth. Now, do they just always? I Probably not. But, but. That's the basis I operate from, too, right? And you do. So why Mm -hmm. is that so important in the counseling room? Well, we're not going to do any genuine work if we're not working in truth. And I tell them, I, I don't care what the truth is. It needs to be the truth. And so if you've relapsed, then let's talk about it. But don't come talk, acting like you're, you know, haven't relapsed or you ha- this isn't going on. This is not going to get us anywhere. In fact, my first session with every one of my patients is we don't, we can't do counseling and secrets and lies. And if we are, then this is, not, I'm not the therapist for you. You need, I don't keep them. I will fire them. You will fire them. It's not okay. real. So do you ever get any pushback from that? Sometimes I do, especially in marriage counseling, where one person's like, oh, I want to tell you this, but I don't want my marriage partner to know. And I'm like, that's not how this works. We have to have transparency in a marriage. Right. Right. Absolutely. So they have to, and in a, in a counseling session with a situation like that with couples, it, it, I think, because I've done counseling sessions like that, <laughs> sometimes one person is trying to portray a situation not the way it truthfully is. They're trying to is. give you your alternative facts. Alternative <laughs> facts. There you go again. Let's go to break. and We're coming right back. And don't miss the second half of this show. Call a friend. Have them join us. this boat again Under the crashing waves To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown Where Jesus is And he's holding out his hand But the waves are calling out my name And they laugh at me Reminding me of all the times I've tried before and failed Time and time again, boy, you never win You never win But the voice of truth tells me a different story The voice of truth says do not be afraid And the voice of truth says this is for my glory Entertaining and informative radio for the Sunshine State. Dr. Angel Falzoni specializes in a variety of therapeutic areas, including trauma, depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, stress management, self-esteem, interpersonal relationships, ADHD, behavioral addictions, as well as spirituality issues. A Florida native, she holds multiple degrees, including a bachelor's in education and philosophy, a master's of arts in professional counseling and marriage and family therapy, and a PhD in psychology. Dr. Angel is also a Florida licensed mental health counselor. She has worked with youth and adolescents for 14 plus years and has worked extensively in women's mental health for the past six years. 
She has worked in agencies providing mental health services to family and youth at high risk. Dr. Angel is an accomplished psychotherapist who works with children, teens, adults, couples, and families. Dr. Angel has advanced training and experience in working with LGBTQ-specific individuals and issues. Dr. Angel can help you. Just call for an appointment at 727-501-6557 or online at drangelsdevelopment.com. Dr. Angel Falzoni, support for individuals, couples, and families. 727-501-6557. Prompt professional service is what you will receive when you allow Marsha McAllister of Charles Rittenberg Realty to help find that perfect home or list your home for sale. With over 23 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, you will enjoy a smooth transaction from start to finish. Call Marsha today at 727-417-0707. Now is a great time to buy or sell a home. Call Marsha McAllister at 727-417-0707. This is the Tan Talk Radio Network. a good song the voice of truth uh, i guess we're having sound issues please let us know if that is better we made some adjustments in here so please just uh text us or whatever if you want to and let us know if you can hear us loud and clear that would be great you're listening to go yard from uh from go yard yeah right here from the studio dan talk we don't even know where we are i I think i do i think we're right here in the studio but i'm not sure i think so are we in here gene are we no we're not we're not here who are you uh, see nobody knows who we are and why we're here we're just invisible i think we're doing a show on truth we are doing a show on truth all right we don't usually play a christian song on the show but That one is one by Casting Crowns that I like, The Voice of Truth, because so often we get caught up in believing lies. Sure. About ourselves, about others. Let's talk about that. And this this show and this series is about truth versus lies, the value of truth. Sure. You know, you bring up a really good point, the lies we believe about ourselves. And so often, I mean, I think... Every human at some component has lies that they believe about themselves, yes. you know, negative things about themselves or awful things. And um, in fact, in the counseling room, that's one of the biggest exercises we do is identifying what those lies are so that we can ah, replace them. You make them. a list of lies? We sure do. And it's it's a thing that it's it's an ongoing because as we're working through, new lies might pop up. And as we give us an example of a lie that somebody may be believing about themselves. I'm a failure. Nobody okay. will love me i'm not good enough i'm I not wish you lovable quit saying those things about yourself <laughs> yeah, i just tricked you into saying that no i mean because those are the con- kind yes. of things that people do believe about themselves a well, lot of and times. the voice we hear the most often is our own our voice in our head though right. our own voice telling so we have these tapes that are constantly playing these lies and then we act in those because we start believing them as right. truth and yeah. so that is a huge exercise that's ongoing that we deal with in the counseling room is to identify what those are and then replace them with the truth is and just change those scripts okay so we have to replace them with the truth that's the big key right there i think the first step that is the hardest for a lot of people is to identify that that's a lie i've been believing about myself all these years whatever it might be Oh, sure is. You know, it's funny because I, I, I use this exercise. I'm probably every patient at some point we do this exercise. And I had one come back with their paper and they're like, oh, I don't I didn't have any lies that I told myself. I'm like, well, that's a lie that you just told yourself. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> you know, and then as we're talking to therapy, he's like, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not going to be good enough to do this. And I can't. And I'm like, wait, 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 get your paper out. Do you hear the I'm not the I can't the I those are your those lies. Those are your lies. That's right. But they're so used to them, they don't, he couldn't even identify them as right, what they right, realized. Right. And I think it's easy to fall into habits of making excuses when we uh, don't feel adequate. Sure. In a given situation, whatever that might be. Oh, I never learned how to do that. Or, um, 
I'm just not good at anything like that. I can't. I don't know how to use my phone. I don't know. You know what oh, I mean? I, I'm too old to do something new. Oh, my gosh. I hear that all the time from people that are in their, like, 30s and early 40s. Right. Which is kind of sad, right? It really is. Because um, you're looking at me who's not in my 40s, right? So you I didn't know. say it that way. Hey, I'm just saying. But, I hear it a lot. But it's an attitude. And if we buy the lie of whatever that self-defeating issue is will go down and start down a rabbit hole that will take us into despair etc right yes absolutely non-productivity yes it takes away our motivation it leads us into anxiety into depression and it's a very bad slope okay so we talk about this a lot on go yard listeners because everything that that forms you in so many ways starts in your head what is your attitude about a given situation right Mm -hmm. or what is your mental um your mindset that's the word i'm looking for there you go right mindset talk to us about mindset what is a mindset our mindset is the things that we think of, our perspective that we take, the thoughts that go through our our mind most frequently become our mindset. The beliefs that we have about ourselves, about right. others, uh, become our mindset, and then they become like the glasses we view everything else in our in our world around us, from our relationships to our jobs to everything we're doing. Do you remember back? No, you probably you weren't even born. But back in the 60s during the hippie days, I mean, there were people wore the little glasses that were pink or mm-hmm. they were blue. What do you see it in pictures? Is yes. that how you know? Because you weren't born. Uh, or these different tints, right? That affected how you saw everything else. Mm-hmm. Suddenly everybody's blue or, right? Yes. Right. Um, and that's what happens, I think, with our mindset because we get into that. That thing of thinking that it's it's so bad, everything's so bad, my life's awful, it's never going to amount to a hill of beans. It's never you know, going to get better. It's never going to get better. I'm never going to meet Mr. Right. I'm never going to... Bad things always happen to me. Yes, yes. And those become... And that's what we... That becomes our mindset, and that becomes our reality. Well, okay, so somebody might argue and say, well... That's not a lie. That's how they feel. Mm-hmm. Sure, except for the fact that when we keep telling ourselves that these things are always going on, we're believing these self-defeating lies. Those are right. self-defeating lies. And right. so uh, we can feel any way we can. I mean, I don't think there's a lie in how we feel, but there is a lie when we start putting I am or I can't or I because those those aren't feelings anymore. Those are Statements. Statements that we've adopted as our truth, right? Sure. Okay. There are consequences to those. Sure. What are they? What are some? The consequences of the statements we're telling ourselves are where we feel defeated before we start. We feel sad. We feel no drive, no energy, no passion, no purpose. We get anxious. We get overwhelmed. We get overstressed. We are lonely because maybe we're not engaging in relationships because we feel unlovable or unworthy. Like it, it messes with our happiness, our contentment, and how we view the world around us and ourselves. Okay, so for the person out there that says, well, I've just always been like that. I always take the back seat, or I always put myself down, or I always feel the worst about me, or I always feel like I'm never going to do anything right. What do you say to them? I mean, how do they start that process of coming out of that negative, lying because it's not true. I right. mean, you can't say I'll never amount to anything. I'm never. Right. Sure. Because we, we already know any words that are in absolutes aren't true. Okay. Explain I mean, to we're our human. audience so what you mean by that. and nevers are absolutes. Like every, that means it's always and never. Like it's an absolute. That, that's not the human condition. We're not made in absolutes. I mean, gravity is an absolute on Earth. But always and ever, nobody always and nobody never. Like, it's just, it's not, absolutes is not how we work. And so first I tell people that if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll always be what you've always been. Oh, you're going to have to say that again. Because I'm probably not going to get that tongue twisted back out. I would like to write it down, I'm sure. If you keep doing what you've always done, you'll always be what you've always been. Exactly. And so you may have been this way for a long time, 
but small adjustments make big changes. So for the person who gets to mid-age, middle age or whatever, and they've always felt less than, they've always felt like they didn't measure up, and they've always had that mindset, uh, it takes some determination and some work to turn that around. It sure does. It takes work, and it takes a lot of determination, and it takes a lot of intentionality and purposeful stuff. But it can it can happen. It can be hap- It can happen. So if if we come to a point where everything that we tell ourselves, our mindset, or most everything, is negative and def- and and really self defeating, there has to be attitude change. Okay, I'm going to make this change in my life, mm-hmm. right? And I'm going to start with little steps. And I am going to, when I catch myself thinking, oh, you jerk, you always mess up. Mm -hmm. Then what do you do if you catch yourself saying something like that in your head? Well, then we have to. So part of changing that is identifying what are those things, those lies that we keep saying in our head? What are those negative thoughts? What are those negative things that we're saying? And then we replace it with the truth. Right. Okay. I'm human. I made a mistake. Right. It's okay. Like that's the truth. Right. Yeah. And we have to, you know, when we can arm ourselves with the truth, we can identify what the lies are we're telling ourselves and arm ourselves with the real truth and the matter, then we're making huge steps towards changing those scripts. Doesn't it have to start with a realization that the lies are hurting me? Or really a realization that you're not okay with where you're at right now in your life. Okay, so you're not okay with where you are right now, right? Okay, so okay, so that's one aspect of lying. The person who just is in a habit of always stretching the truth, uh, minimizing the truth, uh, white lies—the things we were talking about sure. in the first part of the show. How do you break that habit pattern and? How do you come to a realization that you need to break the habit pattern? Well, that's a hard. I mean, I think that's really hard. I think part of the hard part is a lot of people doing it. First of all, A, don't realize they're doing it or don't think there's anything wrong with doing it. They've justified it. Okay. So they don't think it's any big deal. It's just kind of part of living in the world we are today, you know. It's no big deal. Sure. Okay. They really have justified a lot of it. Okay. And it and it's society justifies it now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And which I can't I, I've never been on one of these dating apps, but I know that there's a whole lot of people out there that live on those things, right? Yes. And I've heard story after story after story. Well, he said he he was this and he did that and and then it you know, I started dating him and found out that he didn't have a house on the water and he didn't uh you know, and he was still married and you know, on and on and on, right? And society glamorizes a story that is storybook. Oh, it sure does. Do you know what Especially I'm trying to say? with romance. I mean, the Hallmark Channel and Lifetime yeah. movies. And oh, there's Mr. Wright just moved into town. All look these, at him, single. All these romance novels. They they do. They, they glamorize it. They romanticize it. They have this. And people see that as the normal. But it's not. It's not what people experience at all. That's not reality at all. That's not how it works right. in real life. But that's what their measure of what normal is because they've believed what the culture has fed them. I know people who have been dating on dating sites for years, mm-hmm. right? And have fa- had all kinds of situations that were not good. Oh, there's a lot of things And that some things that were actually dangerous in it in in it in some to some extent right and yet they keep doing it right because it's almost like people who get stuck in like gambling it's like that hope that that right one that winning ticket that right person is going to be the next one they get right Right. like it's kind of in that same yeah it's that cycle that well okay this one wasn't it but it's going to be soon because i know it's here well, let's let's talk about this word fantasy, mm-hmm. because I think that has a lot to do with uh, that aspect of portraying something different than it really is. But in your fantasy, you think you're that. What? Right? 
Sure. I mean, and that, sure, a lot of times when people say lies, it's because it's what they want to be the truth for them. Right. You know, they may lie about, oh, donating to this charity or giving to this cause or doing something good for these people. And they didn't because they want people to think that truth of them. And so sometimes they're doing it because they want this truth, but they don't want to do the work to have that truth. Right. So they can build this up in their mind yes. and and portray that that is who they are or whatever. And, you know, and if they sit in it and doing it long enough, they start believing it. This is the serious part of yes. lying. And in this in in every line gets you in trouble no matter what, in my opinion. You've got to be so careful. Oh, yeah. It, it always I mean, it does. It, it does get you in trouble. I mean, you may be getting away something in the moment, but the long haul, it's going to catch up to you. It always does. Well, and, and I propose this, that one of the things that is so serious about the white lies is that they get bigger. Sure do. They get bigger and they get bigger. Well, we get desensitized to it. You know, you, you know, in the beginning, the first time, I mean, you tell a lie. I mean, you have that little guilt feeling like, you know, I hope I don't get caught. I hope they don't know. And then when you don't get caught, you're like, oh, and then you keep you stop that feeling of I'm doing something wrong starts to go away the more you're doing that wrong thing. Sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And then it can turn into so much worse corruption, whatever the case may be, financial stuff. Whatever. Oh, yes. Um, so. The initial thing, when you begin, okay, let's say that there's listeners out there right now who say, okay, whoa, I'm just going to, you're right, it's a slippery slope. That's what I'm trying to say tonight. I think that's what we're trying to say, right? Sure is. It's a slippery slope into bigger lies and bigger deceptions, Mm -hmm. right? And the example it sets for other people around us. And how does it affect your reputation with everybody around you who knows you're lying? Sure. Would you address that? And there's a lot of people who know that people around them are lying who will never let those people know that they know. They will just respond differently with those people. They'll back off. They'll not want to be friends. They'll, they'll, you know, they talk behind their back that, oh, yeah, you can't trust anything. Bob says, you know, he's lying about, he lies about everything. They know and they may never let you know they know. And you're thinking you're getting away with all this and you're not. You're the kind of laughing stock of the office or the family or, you know, and so you're not lying. Is It does catch up to you and you're not getting away with it. Let's talk about the slippery slope. The more you do it, the more you want, the more you, it's like the snowball, right? The more you're doing it, the more you have to do it to keep up with the ones you've already done. And then you don't remember well what you said. So then you get caught, you're in a big mess. What about, is there a, is there a chemical released? I, I, I don't know this. I'm asking you, is there a euphoria that happens when people think they've gotten away with a lie? Oh, yes. Is it really? There really is. Okay, I was just guessing here, just shooting in the dark. It sure is. Because we don't script these shows, so we didn't know what we were going to (laughs) say. But there is a euphoria? Sure, there really is that euphoric feeling when people say a lie and get away with that lie. It's like they they feel like they pulled one off. Right. Oh, look at me. They don't even know. I just lied through my teeth. Right. Right. And it saved them maybe from a negative consequence or whatever, whatever it was that they were lying from. And there can be that euphoric feeling. It can be as addictive as like gambling. Okay. So let's go back to how we started the show. What is the value of putting a stake in the ground, so to speak, and saying, from this point on, I'm going to do my best to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. So do I think that stake in the ground needs to happen. I think we need we to... We have to do that when we go into court. We sure do. I promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. Sure. And what happens when you get caught not telling the truth in court? Yeah, there's, perjury, like yeah. penalty, penalty. There's legal penalties for doing that. Um, and so we need to look at ourselves like more honestly and authentically. And like, where in my life do I lie? Like, I know we... I think... I don't think there's a human on the planet that probably doesn't lie to themselves at some point. But or exaggerate lies? a story. But, right. But, but you got to be careful. Where's our lies? Mm-hmm. You know, what are we lying? Am I the person that's perpetually late or dropping thing, you know, plans with people and coming up with stories to, so they don't hurt their feeling? Or am I the person who's constantly, you know, I don't know. I can't even think of something right off the top of my head. But w- am I that person? Am I the person that... Um, 
will plan something with somebody else instead of going home to my wife, let's say, sure. whoever that might be. Uh, because these things happen, right? Mm-hmm. And then, oh, yeah, I had a dinner, a, a late meeting. You know, that's classic cheating on your spouse type thing. Sure. And, and But that starts in, in those little lies. And it usually always starts in those really small, insignificant lies. And that become bigger and bigger. And that slippery slope. And before long, you're in it deep. I guess we got to have part two on this because what we've really, because since we just wing it, we never know exactly how it's going to go. It's kind of turned into the danger of lying tonight versus the value of truth, right? Sure. Even though that's the topic. I mean, we've really pointed out the pitfalls and what can happen and how dangerous this slippery slope really is, right? Um, Anything, any other dangers of lying that we did not cover in this? And we'll probably go on with this next week. I consequences, mean, stuff I, like that. Sure. I mean, I think there can be a lot of consequences. I mean, I know people who have padded their resume with fake jobs oh, that they never yes, had. yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Right, um, I've heard of that, too. Sure. I'm sure there are people who have faked medical documents because I get confirmation calls from places that get like medical reports from my patients asking if I'm the one who really wrote them. So I can only imagine that people have been faking some medical reports out there because why would these places feel the need to confirm that they're real authentic documents? Whoa. So I think people are been lying about all kinds of stuff um, and they just do it to get away with whatever it is they're trying to get away so with. So the dangers of lying. So back to a point we made earlier, liars so often think everyone is dumber than them. It's a yes. That nobody's going to figure this out that that's really not true. Exactly. They do have this element of thinking that they are smarter than those around them. Mm-hmm. And it's also a control tactic. I'm controlling that script, that narrative, my environment when I'm lying about something. I'm controlling what I let people know. uh, Yeah. And I'm controlling the perception I give to Mm -hmm. them about whatever the situation is. Mm -hmm. Right. It is a control tactic. And back to the euphoria on uh, that's a danger of lying. It really is. You can can almost get high on that because it's a thing of. A feeling that you're pulling one over mm-hmm. on someone. Sure. It can be an addictive behavior. Absolutely. It can follow the addiction cycle. Do Can liars that are doing it to that degree get to a point that they don't realize it's a lie or do they always know it's a lie? You know, honestly, I think there are people who have lied so much that they don't realize they're lying. They're just it's alternative so, it's, facts. It's, becomes, it's alternative facts. It becomes habitual. It becomes second nature. Their brain is just thinking of the first thing, and I don't even... I, I think at first the lies start out very planned, right? Right. And then after we keep doing it and practicing, our brain just goes into that mode. Like, we've trained our brain to come up with an alternative story to, to get us out of trouble. To get or out of trouble. Make us look better or whatever the case is. As a grandparent and, and parent and you a parent... Can can you address how important it is that parents take this topic very seriously with their children and not let them get by with the fact the lies? Oh, absolutely. I think it's a paramount topic. Like I said, as a parent, this was one of my, a very important thing. It was not negotiable in our house. We were going to be we have truth, and it starts with first of all modeling truth to your kids. Uh, yeah. And and it, it starts and it's not cute when the three year old, you know, tells a lie. We deal with that and we call it out for what it is. And we're teaching them and growing them, you know, into we, we talk truth. We build our relationships on trust. My kids learn trust from as little as we can start talking about trust and trust is hard to build and easy to break. And but yeah, I can because I know your three sons. And the men of principle that they all are, although your youngest is 18, but he holds down a really important um, job as a manager somewhere and going to school at the same mm-hmm. time. And he's 18 years old. Yes. And you got to be really proud of him that he's, and I know you are. I am. Uh, that he is able to do that. But it's because people have seen that he is an upright, principled person all three of your guys are 
Sure. Right? Right. I mean, I really pounded that principle is you say what you mean and you mean what you say. Right. And that that was the integrity I wanted my, my kids to have. That's integrity. integrity. I tried my oh, hardest to model like for them. Word. We're going to talk about that next week. Integrity. And so for those out there that have kids and grandkids that they are raising, uh, give them a heads up on how important this topic is. It's vital. It's really vital. It's vital to the quality. I mean, this is a lifelong thing. I mean, so this will affect the rest of someone's life. So if we can implant the importance of truth and, you know, the value of it, and they'll have a better quality life, relationship, job, all of it. Yeah, they will. They really They'll be will. more successful, really, and in their relationships, their marriages, mm-hmm. everything. Yes. Uh, we can't even begin to uh, to emphasize this strongly enough. Really? Sure. And I think it's a good way to open up this new year. I right? think so, too. Let's make some, because we always usually make these resolutions, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I want to kind of bounce this off of you as we quit. Stop. If this is a realization, a wake-up call to you right now, start right now saying to yourself, okay, the next time I'm exaggerating or not telling it the way it really was or I'm lying, I'm going to stop myself and say, whoa, wait a minute. And you can, if you're telling something and it's not right, you just stop and say, uh, oh, wait a minute. I don't think I have that right. Let me back that up. I just right. remembered something. Let me, sure. let me walk back a minute, right? And let me tell you, oh, no, it didn't happen exactly that way. I'm remembering this, right? Yes, absolutely. You can get yourself out of the problem in the, in the minute, in the instant. You sure can. I mean, I can tell you, I know we've had conversations and I'll be saying something to you and I'll look on. I'm like, wait, no, no, that was a lie. Let me back that back up you and ha- yeah. we correct it, right? Yes, correct so it like, on the spot. Right on the spot. And that there, that's respect for that. And there, that shows integrity. And that's and, how you learn to break the habit. And we'll absolutely. talk more about that next week. So anything you'd like to say in summary i think we have one minute uh, in summary the truth there is so much importance in the truth and it will change the whole course of our life if we can learn to walk in truth amen so let's do it and tune in next week for part two you can find this show on youtube dot uh, com go there to tantalk radio slash go yard and you'll find this show and a lot of our shows and go to tantalknetwork.com and go to podcasts if you want to hear the podcast God bless every one of you. Have a great week. See you next week. Good night. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.